morning. It's been nice to have some sunshine, hey? Yeah. Yeah, like Paul says, I'm carrying on the series that we started called Building Builders. And, you know, but before we do that, I just thought it's nice to just ask how you're all doing this morning. You okay? Fine? All fine? Yeah? Doing all right? Had a good week? No problems? Had a good month? Fine? Yeah? Good year? It's funny, isn't it? You know, we all face difficulties. We all face troubles and things that come at us. And yet when people say, how are you doing? You had a good week? For the most part, unless you're one of those really negative people who just talks about the negativity all the time, we just say, yeah, fine. You had a good day? Yeah, fine. Dad made your surgery, but fine. <laughs> Doctor comes and asks people in the hospital, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Do you need some pain relief? They always have to ask you that question, don't they, when you're in hospital? Do you need pain relief? Because we're all fine and we don't actually like to say, help, give me pain relief. Unless you're giving birth and then that's just a whole other ball game when reality hits in. <laughs> but you know, we all have this thing where, for the most part, and generally with most people, we'll say, yeah, I'm fine, everything's okay, no problems, good We, Yeah, a bit mixed, but I'm doing all right. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But sometimes we need to be honest about the reality of where we find ourselves. But also, we then need to be honest about the God that we serve and the difference that he can make in our lives. And it's fine to say that we're fine if we are fine. But the reality is sometimes we're not. Sometimes there are difficulties. Sometimes there are hardships. And sometimes we just learn to live with them. And just get used to them. I remember as a child at school, you would go into the the dinner hall and you would, if you were unfortunate, have a school dinner. And if you were fortunate, you'd have brought sandwiches from home. No offense to anyone who is a school cook. But that was what my opinion was. But then you would have these dinner ladies who scared the living daylights out of me, who would come around with their cloth and their hand, and they would clean the table of bits of people's food with their cloth into their hand. Now, as a seven, eight-year-old child... This was the most disgusting thing I had ever witnessed in the world and could never understand in all my days how anyone could perform this task. Which I now find myself doing quite regularly when I clean the side at home. And my girls will go, that's really gross, I can't believe you do that. But you get used to some things that at one point you think aren't very pleasant and aren't very nice. We just get used to them. We just think, oh, well, never mind, someone's got to do it. And so we just do it and we get on with it and we say everything's fine and we don't worry about it and we just keep going. And that's not a bad thing. And we all know that we live in a fallen world. We know that we're going to face challenges. We know that there are difficulties. We know that bad things happen to good people. We know that people get sick. We know that people die. 
But the challenges in life aren't there for us to get used to and just say, well, it's fine. I believe that the challenges in life are there for us to conquer and to overcome. And I believe that we serve a God who wants to teach us this morning, if you don't know how, how to conquer and overcome those difficulties so you no longer say, oh, I'm fine. Oh, it's okay. Oh, I just got used to the crumbs and the dishcloth and it's a bit gross, but I'll just do it anyway. God doesn't want you to get used to the hardship, although it is guaranteed that it will come. God doesn't want you to just go around saying, oh, I'm fine. God wants you to be an overcomer. God wants you to be victorious in your circumstances. God wants you to conquer. Is that okay? Do you want to do that? Or do you want to stick with the dishcloth in the hand and the, that's a bit gross. Do you want to stick with the, oh, it's fine. Or do you want to be an overcomer? Do you want to live a victorious life regardless of your circumstances? Because that is what God promises us. You know, we're talking about building builders. God wants this morning to build you. God wants to build you so that you can build your life, so that your life can be built, so that you can then build in this world, so that you can build others and so that you can be part of the building of the church. But God is building a church of overcomers. And that is the whole difference between us and people who don't believe in God. And if you're in here this morning and think, I don't believe in God. Well, this morning you can believe in a God who overcame the world and can help you to be an overcomer in your circumstances. God is building his church of overcomers. How trained are you to face the difficulties of life. How equipped do you feel when circumstances change and go sour? How equipped are you for when relationships are difficult? Are you living as an overcomer? Or are circumstances overcoming you? Let's just be honest. I know sometimes circumstances overcome me. And I feel quite ill-equipped to speak on this this morning. But I'm going to take the notes away myself and try and put it in my own life. Because I know that God is taking me on a journey and has so for the past three or four years of learning to overcome through the hardest and most difficult circumstances I've ever faced. And I know that he wants to do the same for you too. I know that he wants to build you as an overcomer so that the church itself can overcome. James 1 verse 12 in the Good News version of the Bible says this. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials. Because when they succeed in passing the test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. Happy are those who remain faithful. If you remain faithful, there is happiness for you. And I love that it says, because when they succeed, it's not if they succeed, it's when they succeed. And you need to get that into you. It's not if, but when you succeed in your relationships. It's not if, but when you succeed in your circumstances. In the book of Revelation, 
in the first few chapters, Jesus comes and does a bit of an audit or an offstead of his churches. And he tells them the things that he doesn't like. But he tells them some of the things and gives them praise and credit for them. And some of those things I've written down, some of the positives that came out of looking at those different churches at the beginning of the book of Revelation. And they were these. Patience, perseverance, and faithfulness. Which all sound wonderful things, but in the reality of it, they're quite dirty words, aren't they really? And we just think... Oh, I don't want to be patient anymore. I don't want to persevere and keep going. I don't want to be faithful because all of those three things are hard work. They're difficult. But actually, it's those three things that keep us going and get us through the trial and cause us to overcome. So while you're struggling and frailing about in your difficulties, if instead you would persevere, have patience and be faithful and struggle with that for a bit instead, then you would see that God has raised you up and suddenly the circumstances have changed and you've overcome. So I've got three things I want to say to you this morning from that um, scripture in James. The first one is this. Remain faithful. Remain faithful in those trials. And you may think, well, what am I remaining faithful to? It says, happy are those who remain faithful in trials. But what am I remaining faithful to? What? What what is it? It doesn't say what am I remaining faithful to? You're remaining faithful to the promises of God. You're remaining faithful to God. God promises that we will overcome our trials. We may not overcome them in the way that we want to or the way that we think we should, but God promises that we will overcome. So we must remain faithful to the promise that he's given us. You know, if you take the example, it's been a lovely weekend with the sun. It's disappeared again, hasn't it? But the sun doesn't change in itself. In nature and in the influence that it has, the sun is the same. It's the earth and the clouds that cause us to see change with the sun. So the clouds come like they've done today. Well, where's the sun? None of us suddenly go into panic mode and think, the sun has fallen out of the galaxy. We're all going to die. Quick, do everything on your bucket list. We don't. We just say, oh, it's behind the clouds. You know, we, we go and we go a walk in the woods, how lovely on a sunny day, and then you suddenly realise, actually, it's freezing, because there's all these trees, which how beautiful they look, but where's the sun? It's behind the trees, and I'm, not, and I'm really cold. But we don't, again, have a little breakdown and think the sun has fell out of the sky, because we know that the sun is behind the trees, or the building, or whatever's going on. In the same way, God is unchangeable. He never changes. His promises do not change. When the clouds of circumstances come, when your life moves you to a place that seems like it's in shade, God has not changed. God has not fallen out of the sky. God has not left you or forsaken you. Just because you cannot feel him does not mean he's not there. So we remain faithful. 
faithful to the promise that God is there and that his promises are still secure, even though we don't feel him, even though we don't see him. You don't put the sunbed away when the sun goes behind the cloud. You lie there and think, come on, wind, blow that cloud out of the sky. I'm burning up today. So why do we stop doing things? Do we stop attending church? Do we think, oh, I'm not going to serve in that ministry anymore. I'm not going to share the gospel anymore. I'm not going to do this or that. I'm going to just fall away and I can't cope anymore. Why do we do that when suddenly we don't feel the heat of God by us? Why don't we, just like we do for the sun, stay on the sunbed and say, come on, roast me up. I'm ready for you. But instead we go, oh, oh, God's gone, God's gone. Where shall I go? Where shall I go? Oh, I'll go and find somewhere else where it's really warm and where God is. Or I just don't know what to do. I'll just give up. I'll just, God just, perhaps he doesn't exist. But instead, instead of that, God calls us to endure in our faith. God calls us to keep trusting and to keep believing that he is real and that he is there and we remain faithful to the promises that he's given us. I've written down a few of his promises. There are many more. God promises that he'll be with us. God promises us peace. God promises he will never leave us. God promises that he cares for us. God promises that there are greater things to come. God promises that he'll provide. God promises the gift of the Holy Spirit. God promises to give us the right words when we need them to say. God promises grace. God promises that there's no condemnation. God promises that all things work for good. God promises that nothing will separate us from his love. God promises that work for God is not in vain. God promises that we'll be transformed into his likeness. God promises that he will comfort us in our times of need. God promises us an inheritance. God promises that there will be a harvest of people coming to know him. God promises that he is faithful. God promises to give us wisdom. God promises that he will strengthen us. God promises that he will forgive us. And God promises that he will cleanse us. And best and most of all, God promises us eternal life. So if you don't know what to remain faithful to, pick one of them. And when your trial comes, hold on to it, hold on to it. Lie on your sunbed of trial and say, I believe in the sun's going to come back out again soon. I'm not taking my bikini off, cloud. You blow out the sky. I might just wrap my towel around me, though. When difficulties come, remember the promise and don't be ruled by the difficulty. When the difficulty rules you, you forget who and what God is and the promises that he's made. Judges 3 verses 1 and 2 say this. Now this was at a time when the Israelites had come out of Egypt. They'd gone around the wilderness for a long time. They'd finally taken the promised land and taken hold of a lot of the promised land. They'd fought battles, they'd settled, but there were still some of the inhabitants of the land before the Israelites got there who were still there. And in the book of Judges, we read this. 
So then, the Lord left some nations in the land to test the Israelites who had not been through the wars in Canaan. He did this only in order to teach each generation of Israelites about war, especially those who had never been in battle before. God wants to teach you how to war. God wants to teach you how to be an overcomer. God wants to teach you how to fight those circumstances, how to war in your relationships. Not like you fight with people, but actually you fight for the relationship. You fight for your unsaved partner. You fight for your neighbor who you want to get saved. You fight for those things that are difficult. God wants to teach you how to fight and how to overcome. And in Judges, it tells us that there were people left in the land to teach the Israelites so they would know how to fight. I believe sometimes God places things and people in the lands of your life to teach you how to fight. And you can either succumb to them or you can choose to rise up and say, actually, I'm going to overcome. Actually, I'm going to learn to stand tall. God wants to train you not to be pulled around by your circumstances and people. And patience and perseverance are key. Because it gives us 100% assurance that God will fulfill his promise that he's made to us. Winston Churchill said this. If you're going through hell, keep going. When circumstances come, When relationships are difficult, when finances are falling apart, when your mental health is in tatters, when your job opportunities are not what you thought, keep going, keep persevering, keep holding on to the promises of God. When you're going through hell, keep going. I've got another quote as well from a lady who was in a concentration camp during World War II. She was in the Berg Belsen camp. And she was a Jew, and her name, she was a child at the time. Her name is Hetty Verloom. And her parents were killed in the concentration camp. And the camp was liberated in April 1945. And the war ended. Victory in Europe was the 8th of May 1945, just a month later. And it took right until then before liberation came to that camp. And this is what she said later on in life. It doesn't matter if things are bad and look very dark. You must believe that tomorrow will be a better day. It doesn't matter if things are bad and look very dark. You must believe that tomorrow will be a better day. And it just takes me on to my next point because it's all about mindset. My next point is guaranteed mindset. 
We have a guaranteed mindset. From what I've talked about already, the mindset we should have is that we are guaranteed victory in our circumstances. We are guaranteed that God will fulfill his promises. We are guaranteed that God will never leave us or forsake us. We are guaranteed that God will comfort us. All of those things, those promises are read out. We are guaranteed those because they are promises of God. And I know that at times circumstances don't line up with those promises. I know at times it can be difficult. But if our mindset is set on the guarantee of Jesus Christ and what he promises, then actually during and through the difficulties, God can change our lives. God uses those small things to do big things. Against the odds, contrary to what the natural eye says. You know, faith is calling on God when your circumstances say that God's not there. When your circumstances say God doesn't care. God isn't interested in you. When your circumstances say that, faith is calling on him anyway. Faith is saying, God, help me anyway. God, I know your promise says this. I know what it looks like to me and to everyone else, but I know that you are true and you keep your promises. If you can get your mindset to that place, then when trials and circumstances come, when relationships are difficult, then God will not only change your world, but it will change the world of those around you who see how you react and how you respond to your circumstances. 1 John 4, 5 verse 4 in the Amplified says this, For everyone born of God is victorious and overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has conquered and overcome the world. Our continuing persistent faith in Jesus, the Son of God. It's a continuing and persistent faith. It can only be persistent when there's something to persist against. God calls us to persist against the world, against our circumstances, against our difficulties. And when we do, and when our mindset is a mindset of faith, when our mindset is one that is set on the promises of God and the character of the unchangeable God who loves us and wants the best for us, then it can transform our world. And Jesus led the way on the cross and he was first born in overcoming the world. And as sons and daughters of God, then we have a path where we can overcome to. Jesus led us in how to overcome. He led us in how to have patience, in how to persevere, in how to keep going. What we need to do is align our mind up. So that it is strong enough to keep us going through those circumstances and remain faithful to what he said to us. Peter Scazzaro says this. Somehow failure is often the way Jesus goes around succeeding. He put this quote on social media around Easter time, talking about Good Friday And how Good Friday looked to those around them. And yet, where it looked like Jesus had failed, 
And we, with the gift of hindsight, don't always see it. But those disciples who watched Jesus die on the cross and had thought he was the Messiah, for them to see that actually where things seem like they have failed, where things seem like they have fallen apart, is actually the very place that Jesus succeeded. And he can do the same in your life. Where things feel like they are falling apart, where things feel like they have failed, that is where Jesus wants to come in and teach you how to overcome and how to succeed. But there are things that stop us having that guaranteed mindset. I think sometimes we can be fearful of believing. We can be fearful of having that faith. I remember, and I'm sorry, I do keep going on about this, I suppose. My mum, about 18 months ago, was in critical care with um, pneumonia from when they put a central line in. She was battling cancer at the time and had been on chemo for quite a while. And they moved her down to critical care from the cancer ward. And me and my dad and my sister, they moved us into one of those side rooms and you always think that that's not a good sign. And the gentleman who sat with us was very pleasant, but he explained that it, my mum was in a very serious condition, and he didn't really know how things would go. And so we cried, and we visited, and we didn't know what to do, and mum in her stubbornness pulled through and is fit and well. <laughs> and, you know, I'd like to say it's because of my faith, and I believed, and I prayed, and at Easter time, I'm, I'm going somewhere. At Easter time, we went out with my mum and dad. And we, they came back to our house for a cup of tea after. And the girls went and played outside. My mum went out with them. And me and my dad sat inside. And I had one of those chats with my dad that I don't have very often, but was very poignant. And we talked about my mum in critical care. And I said to him, I said, I just, I thought she'd gone. I said that I couldn't get my head around anything else. I thought she'd gone and I, I was getting ready that she had gone. And I said, I just went on practical mode. Right, what am I going to do with my dad? Oh my goodness, it's like Christmas in two weeks. What am I going to do with the kids? What are we going to do? And my dad looked at me and he said, okay. He said, I just knew she'd be fine. <laughs> I was like, I feel really small now. <laughs> I was like, how did you know? He said, I just knew. I just knew. And he didn't leave a bedside. And he hasn't left her since. And I think he should have been a nurse in his profession, really, actually. I think he missed his calling, but he's making up for it now. But what I'm trying to say to you was, I was almost fearful of believing. Because I was scared that if I actually believed and had faith and prayed and said she's going to be okay, I was scared of how far I was going to have to fall emotionally and, and in my faith in God if she did actually pass away. And it's taught me to wonder and consider where my faith is really at and, and how much my faith can overcome my emotions and how I work through and deal with things. And very often, being fearful of believing stops us from having that guaranteed mindset of the promises of God. Disappointment hinders us. Fear stops us. Pain holds us back. Those things that stop you having faith, we have to learn to take them to God and say, God, 
Forgive me for my disbelief. Forgive me for where I struggle and where I try and hold everything together so I can cope with things. And God, help your faith to grow. Plant this seed of faith in me again. That it can grow and I can have faith. And that's where I find myself. And it's not an easy place. And I know I have faith. And yet, at the same time, I know there is more faith that I can have to believe and hope for my family and for their healing. But I'm telling you this because I hope it will help you. I hope it will help you if you think, I really struggle with that because of this. You're not alone. But God doesn't want to leave you at that place. He wants to help you to grow in faith. He wants to help you to overcome your fear, to overcome your disappointment, to overcome those things so you can have faith and so that you can overcome. And recently, I've shared this before a few weeks back, but recently God showed me this scripture and it really encouraged me. Deuteronomy 33 verse 27. And before I've only read the first part, but this is the verse in full. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, destroy them. And you know, sometimes when we're fearful of believing, and when we're not sure what faith will actually do, when we're fearful of how far we've got to fall if things don't work out how we thought, then God is your refuge, and underneath you, are the everlasting arms. There is nowhere to fall. There is nowhere to to go apart from those everlasting arms that will catch you and hold you when circumstances don't work out how we think or how we believe. But don't let it stop you believing and speaking those words into those circumstances that you can overcome and speaking faith for people's lives. Think positively. Don't settle. Don't draw back. Keep your eyes on those promises of God. Off your circumstances and off negativity. Push through and keep going and keep believing. I want to conclude with this. And the last point I've called Victor's Crown, and we're going to sing that song at the end. But I want to read that scripture in James that we started with at the beginning. I want to read it to you again out of the Amplified, a different version of the Bible. And it says, Blessed, happy to be envied is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved, he will receive the victor's crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. God promises you a victor's crown. God promises you that you can overcome. God promises you all of those things. And it might not be now. Circumstances might not change. Things might be difficult. Or they might change. But it shouldn't change your actions and your attitude. If your circumstances don't change, your actions and attitude, your faith, your belief in God's promises, your belief in God, just like the sun coming out to shine, shouldn't change when circumstances aren't what we'd hoped. So I've got five practical steps for you. Steps to help us to overcome. The first one is this. Refuse to grow weary and lose heart. 
You know, it's not by human effort. Because if it was by human effort, we'd all be shattered and on the floor at times. But if we refuse to grow weary, if we keep going, if we believe that God can lift us, if we believe that God can strengthen us, then it helps us to overcome. The second one is this. Realize that it's a promise. It's not something that you have to do. It's a promise of God. It's a promise. And if you're reading your Bible and know what those promises are, then you know what the promise is for the circumstance you find yourself in. You know what you need to do to overcome in that moment because it's all there in the Bible. It's a promise. And when we realize that it's a promise, then it changes everything because God doesn't break his promises. The third practical step is this. Make the choice to live and believe it regardless of your circumstances. Regardless of your circumstances, make a choice to praise him. Regardless of your circumstances, make a choice to come to church. Regardless of your circumstances, make a choice to pray. Regardless of your circumstances, make a choice to read the Bible. Regardless of your circumstances, make a choice to go along to your small group. Because it's those things that will help you to overcome in the difficulty. It's those people who stand by you that will help you keep that choice in the way it should go. The fourth point is this. Stay positive. And we do that by making positive choices about how we live our lives, what we get involved with, who we spend our time with. Spend time with positive people. Because it's those positive people who will help you as you look to overcome those circumstances. And the last and the fifth point is this. Be committed to finishing. You know, it's so easy. We start things off. We start life. We start attending church. We start serving. We start a relationship. We start going to a small group. We start a job, we start saving, we start a family, we start so many things, we start a course. And yet, there come so many reasons why we should stop. Why we should stop in our marriage, why we should stop in our friendships, why we should stop in our job, why we should stop doing that course that we were doing. Why we should stop saving for that thing that we'd committed to. Why we should stop coming to church. Why we should stop serving. So many things come and challenges and draw us. And yet if we're committed to finishing, then it makes it so much harder to stop. Because when we started, we didn't just start, but we committed to the end. We committed to stay and run the race. We committed to keep going and not stop. We committed to go on and go on and overcome the things that are coming at us and keep going and keep going and keep going. We committed to doing those things. And yet if we don't commit to the end as well as the beginning, when hardships come, overcoming just doesn't seem worth it. Let me encourage you, commit to the end as well as the beginning of what you're doing. 
Commit to the end and hold fast and overcome and keep going and keep persevering and stay faithful. When the Commonwealth Games was on, they ran, I'm not quite sure what race it was, but they ran a, a marathon and they were outside on the road. Some of you might have seen it. And I, I think, was it a Scottish, was it a Scottish race, racer? Ronnie, what would you call him? Ronnie, one of them people anyway. And he was, he was running, and I'm not quite sure why, whether it was fatigue or whether it was the heat or whether it was just something else entirely. And, and, he, and he collapsed as he was running. And you saw people sort of watching from the sidelines, sort of, ooh, what's going on? And he sort of stumbled and fumbled his way back up. And then he kept going again. And he was running like, it was almost like he was a drunk man. And, and he fell again. And how he didn't hit his head on the bollard is just beyond me. For those of you who haven't seen it, YouTube it. And he was adamant. He wanted to keep going. And he literally and physically couldn't keep going. There was no way. He was on the floor. And yet still, he was trying to get up. He was adamant. His goal was the end of that race. Now, unfortunately for him, he, he had to go to the hospital and he wasn't able to finish the race. But his perseverance, the desperation within him, the goal was to finish the race. The goal was to finish what he'd set out for. This morning, thousands and thousands of people are running the London Marathon. And their goal is to get to the end. They're going to have to overcome the heat. They're going to have to overcome the other runners. They're going to have to overcome the sprains and the strains. They're going to have to overcome their own mind that's saying, stop you fool, stop. They're going to have to overcome the hunger and the thirst. They're going to have to overcome that thing that says, what a stupid idea this was. Why did I commit to this? They're going to have to overcome all of those things. But because the end is in sight, and I know if it was me, because all those people are watching, you just don't want to stop. You're committed to it. Let me encourage you. Have people around you who can encourage you and cheer you on as you race in your circumstances. And have your eye on the end, not on the now. Have your eye on where you're going, what you want to see, not on the now. Because if it's on the now, when the trials and the difficulties come, and I guarantee that they will at times, then it makes it so much harder to overcome them. Because all you're thinking about is what's going on now. 1 Peter 5 verse 10 says this. And then, after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace, who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. God wants to build you up. That's what this is about this morning. God wants to build you as an overcomer. But unfortunately, the way you get built as an overcomer is by overcoming. It's a bit backwards, really, but that's how it works. If you want to overcome, then you have to overcome. So you have to face difficulties. You have to face hardships. And I know it's not nice, but God didn't promise 
that things would be easy. But he did promise that you would overcome. He did promise that he would strengthen you in your difficulty. He did promise that he would comfort you when you're finding it hard. He did promise that he would never leave you or forsake you. God promises all of those things. And you may find yourself this morning and think, I don't feel like I'm overcoming anything. I feel like my life's been taken away from me. I feel like everything is lost. Even when life seems its hardest, its most difficult, its toughest, there is always hope for victory. There is always hope for release from your circumstances. There is always hope for liberation for you. There is always hope that you can overcome where you find them. If the band want to come and join me, I just want to share something very briefly. For those of you who've been at church with us for quite a while, and I said at the beginning when I started, you know, the last three or four years have been quite difficult. And I'm learning to overcome. I'm learning to keep going. I'm learning still. (laughs) We had our eldest daughter had major surgery. I remember at one point I sat and I I thought we were going to lose it. As I've said, my mum has been battling with cancer and still is. We lost Paul's stepdad just a month ago, two months ago. I don't even know when. We've both lost grandparents in the last couple of years. And I'm sure each of you have got your own things of where things have gone on. And I'm not telling you because I want you to think, my goodness, what's going on for them? Oh, I feel really sorry for them. I'm not telling you for that. I'm telling you because I want to encourage you that regardless of what comes at you, regardless of what goes on, that God still calls us to overcome. God still calls us to keep going. And I'm telling you this morning because I want to encourage you that there is a God in heaven who loves you there is a God in heaven who promises that we can overcome there is a God in heaven who when the clouds come and when circumstances come he doesn't stop shining he doesn't leave you he stays there and I'm telling you these things because I want to encourage you when hardship comes keep going When you feel like you can't do no more. When you think, how much more can I take? Keep going. Because God is calling us to overcome. God wants to give you a victor's crown in your circumstances. God wants to give you the ability to keep going and persevere. God wants to give you the ability to shine his light to those around you who don't know him. Because through your circumstances, you keep believing. You keep going. And you keep saying that, God, you are good, regardless of what goes on.